everybody. Welcome to the Sharpway Show. Yes, Larry Sharp here, 7 p.m. on the East Coast. So happy to have you with me this evening. You know what I'm going to ask you to do. Please like, comment, share. It does matter. Do that so that people can see what we're doing here this evening and hopefully give us some support in some way, shape, or form. That'd be nice. I would appreciate that. And I would ask you if you would subscribe to my YouTube channel. It does matter. The sharp way in case you get canceled on Facebook or canceled on Twitter or something, you can go here. It would make things a whole lot easier, a whole lot better for me. Some of you may have seen last Saturday, I did a, a conversation discussion with a popular YouTuber known as Destiny. And I thought it went pretty well. I was happy with it. I've been trying to reach out to more of the young and often more left uh, parts of America to have conversations, to try to show people that we can still talk, right? I'm trying to make that happen more and more. He was great. He was very good. He was gracious and everything good that I could imagine. His people in general were pretty good, but it did show me a thing that I saw when if you, some of you remember a couple of, uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago, I did a similar discussion with uh, Vosh, who is also similar, not the same, not exactly the same, but similar, popular YouTuber, leans left, called himself a socialist, uh, self-identifies as a libertarian socialist. So the same thing. But the common denominator I saw with the commenters was a an arrogant ignorance that I think is a is something that we should look at and we have to be concerned about. I've you've often heard me say things like, "I struggle talking to the left compared to the right because when the right wants to talk to me, they tend to get mad and yell at me, right, and just get mad and just go, you're terrible. Let me tell you why I'm right and you're evil." If the right gets mad at me, if the left gets mad at me, the left tends to just ignore me. Just you're nothing. You don't matter. And I see a lot of that and ignorance and an arrogant ignorance, like I'm super smart when they're completely wrong in so many ways. I want to cover some of those today. I think you'll enjoy some of that. I think you'll enjoy seeing some of that. Um, and not because I'm wrong or right. That I don't think is the issue. Um, I think it was because, or what bothered me was because of so many of them just didn't want to hear it. Just no. You're wrong because you're not one of us. Not you're wrong because I actually walked down the road and saw that you were wrong. There was a lot of that too. Jimmy's bringing up the audio. The audio was a disaster. Um, and it was totally, literally my computer didn't update like five minutes before and trashed everything. And I was already stuck on it. So we put out a new one. For those of you who want to watch, you can watch it either on Destiny's channel, feel free, or now on my Sharpway and my YouTube channel. You'll see we have a, an updated with a better, uh, a better audio. So yes, absolutely. The Russian troll network says I love Destiny, but agree with your politics more than his. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate that. I do. Let me grab some of these comments, and I'm going to walk down a couple of them, and we're going to have a conversation based upon them, um, just so you'll see what I'm what I'm talking about. Many of them were very positive and 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 very good. Many actual actually actually were. This one here, the guy talks about. He begins. This guy, Todd Halfacre, begins very nicely. He says, it was actually a great conversation. Say what you want about Larry's ideas. At least he seemed to be coming from an honest place. That sounds amazing. Well done. And then they go, no, we can't have that. And you would think that you would just realize, yeah, fine, whatever. No, people had to get on that comment and convince Todd that I was a bad guy. 
they had to convince him that I was a bad guy. They couldn't just go, yeah, whatever. No, they were like, no, no, no. You have to understand that he's a bad guy. So as you go down the list, if you watch what's happening here, as, as you walk down, all of a sudden, this guy, Dave Ruta says, a madman might be the most honest person you've ever met. Honestly, might be a bit overrated. So now I'm a madman, I guess, maybe. But as we keep going down even further, someone says, we need, we desperately need civil discourse. It's so toxic having so many of the biggest names being such partisan acts. Yeah. So why don't we have a conversation? Makes sense. Soda Boy says, still delusional. You know, then the guy, and, uh, Andrew says, nah, sorry, but even though the guy seems to be coming from an honest place, he's somebody delusional. He uses both bogus hypotheticals and imaginary numbers to create arguments. All that's going to do is disagree with some of his premises. This guy is a very respectful and, and passionate lunatic. Now, Andrew, I appreciate you calling me respectful. I do. I would ask you, where did I make up hypotheticals or imaginary numbers? The funny part is he's so forward about this. So forward about this. He's like, yes, that's how, that's, he's delusional. Yet I would ask him to find any of my made up hypothetical numbers. Did he realize that I ran for governor with these same numbers and no one decided I was wrong or a lunatic? They just didn't vote for me. That's true. But no one was like, he's wrong. And the numbers are made up. No one said that. But he knows. He doesn't know. He just wants so desperately for me to be wrong. And what happens is he's actually making himself look terrible. Now, Todd then jumps in trying to, to, to do this. He goes, yeah, he jumps on board. Larry doesn't exactly, at least in our reality. This is what Todd says. His ideas may, may work now if someone would have introduced them, say, 200 years ago. So if I introduced naming rights of bridges 200 years ago, that would have worked. Just saying at least crackpots believe they're bullshit is what he says. The conversation was great because it proves the system we have works. He literally said, the system we have works. Todd, what is wrong with you? Literally, how broken are you? Or, to use your own words, how privileged are you? Oh, you don't like that. How privileged are you to believe that our system works? For whom? For whom? Who does it work for? For the poor people who can't get their credit squared away? For the people who've been busting their ass for 50 years and can't get ahead? For the, for the people who are killed by the police? For the people put in prison for weed? For the kids, and I say kids, I mean that with respect, who can't, who can't get a decent education? For the teens and 20-year-olds who are now hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt and can't get a decent job? For them? For the entrepreneurs who've had their life destroyed these past year because of COVID lockdowns? That, that, is that who it's working for? For my brothers and sisters in arms who are coming back from forever wars? with broken brains and broken bodies for them? Is that who it's working for? It's not. If it was working, you wouldn't be complaining about everybody on the streets, would you? That entire concept, to even say that, Todd, what's wrong with you? How broken and or privileged are you? Or how desperate are you to just make me wrong? Or to make your friend Andrew think that you're one of him, that you're part of him? Did Andrew, did, did Andrew scare you? Did Andrew scare you? Andrew is a man-child. I don't know how old he is, but he's a child. The idea that he would think, say what he said, means nothing. He has no idea what he's talking about. Andrew responds, it's dangerous and incredibly irresponsible. Larry is convincing to the uneducated ear. He's effectively, rhetorically, he's effective rhetorically. I would ask him, what rhetoric did I use? Did I use a, rhetoric, a, a rhetorical technique when I was speaking? 
I didn't ever, not one time. That's not my tactic. I never do that. But he made it up because he has to make me bad. He says to everyone who understands rhetoric, he doesn't live our reality. Dude, I'm at least twice your age. I live in reality. I live in the biggest city in the country. I don't know what you're saying. You have no idea what you're talking about, but you say it confidently. You're the one using rhetoric, not me. You're just using superlatives. He's crazy. He's nuts. Let's, let's dismiss him because I don't like him. This is really, this is what we're up against. This is what we're up against. It's one of the reasons why I have these conversations so that we can actually see what we're up against. And here I'm going to push back on libertarians here. I want you, if, you, if you're a self-identified libertarian, I'm going to push back on you now. How in the world are we going to just get what we want done if we just yell and scream at these people? It's not going to work. We have to convince them. It's hard. It is difficult. It's challenging. Yes, but I don't see another way. I see this being the only way that we can make this happen. We have to have more conversations because many of the people as you saw initially were like, no, this is a good idea. Oh my God, it's civil discourse. They want to have a conversation. We have to get past some of the people like the Andrews of the world who are just trying to keep us divided, who are just trying to fight, right? That's it. Then Ryan says, he jumps on, on Andrew. Andrew got them all riled up. So he says, absolutely. I think the usual libertarian uh, delusion it's clear when you realize he starts out by saying he believes the goals enable people to increase their own happiness. That's dumb. He thinks, literally, Ryan, see how stupid he is? The goals make people happy. What an idiot. That's what he thinks. It's not that. It's to make them do as I say. It's to follow my rules. Happiness is what everyone, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. That was literally in some of our founding documents. Oh my God. And he's like, that's dumb. Then he says, but every time Destiny points out his ideas sound dystopian, he says, sure, but he's trying to do something. So he wants to make people and believes, he wants to make people and believes libertarianism is the only true way. Okay, first off, no, I literally said, I'm trying to do something. Maybe your way's better. Let's have a conversation. He's mad because I didn't do that. That was terrible. It was terrible. But then he says, he also admits his policies are dystopian, which typically means bad and lead to misery for people. That's why it's dystopian rather than utopian. No, it's not utopian because I live in the real world and utopia is not a real place. Now, for some of you socialists, you have been talking about a social utopia for decades. I don't talk about a libertarian utopia. I don't talk about utopia at all. I talk about making people better. And I know something crazy, focusing on making people happy. And that makes me a bad guy in his eyes. Just be clear, I'm a bad guy in Ryan's eyes because how dare I talk about making people happy. That's how we thought. That's what they said. It's, it's, it's crazy to, to, to have people go back and forth this way and for others to go, yeah. And then the, the biggest, the biggest of, the, uh, of them all at the end says, his name is Nafal Zouak, I think is how you pronounce his name. Honest plays cannot possibly be an accurate description of where he's coming from. So because I disagree with you, I am by default not honest. By default. It can't be that I just think differently. I don't think they're dishonest. I don't. I just think they're woefully ignorant, haven't seen anything in real life. Most of them are man-children. And most of them are, right? They're man-children. And they just don't get how life actually works. At no point did I just make up stuff. If I did, I'd ask them to. 
It's literally, you can just watch it, go through, show me where I made stuff up. Ask me. I'm happy to have that conversation. Did we make something up? Yeah, not at all. And people are just mad, right? They're just, they're just mad at, 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 oh my God, how can he say these things? How can he not believe us? So uh, some people were happy though. It was great. Some of these things were very, very, yeah, they were, thank you, well done. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Some were very good, right? Absolutely. Some were good. So um, Eric says, the only reason he answers in good faith is because Stephen doesn't critique his corporate consolidation garbage enough. I would ask again, Mr. Eric, when did I say corporate consolidation? I literally said monopoly is bad, that we should not have corporate consolidation. I said it more than once, but he's decided, and most of them have, and this is the hardest thing we have to work on, guys. This is they believe who we are before we say who we are. They have decided who we are before we say who we are. Half of the comments that were negative were literally things I never said or never did or never even implied. They were just, he said he's libertarian, therefore he's evil, therefore he's the bad things that I decided he is. Same thing. I, I, Not one policy ever have I said that was about corporate consolidation, ever. I have five years of policy, five years of constant content on Twitter, Facebook, press, all types of things, running for office for a year and a half. Never, ever once have I ever talked about corporate consolidation being a good thing. I've talked about breaking them up because we need more competition. Never, ever said that. He then said that because he decided that. And then people are like, yeah, he's a corporate garbage stuff. And then he says, well, Stephen didn't push back. Destiny didn't push back. Yeah, because I didn't say it, man. You just made that up. That would be the reason you just made that up. So then Jeremy, of course, has to get in. Of course, it's always an attack. It's always dismissive attack. It's always a dismissive attack, right? He's dumb. He's stupid. It's always a dismissive attack. Jeremy, uh, Jeremy says, I don't mind some people being stupid in good faith either. It's even a matter of agreement. Libertarian business ideology is futile in capitalism form. Feudalism in capitalism form. And we already lost society. Uh, we are, the a society we lost blood over this inherent abuses of workers. I, I don't know where I said that ever. I spoke only about small business. It's about entrepreneurism. I don't know how that becomes any of that stuff. He just made it up. He says, libertarians are ahistorical dumbasses, but if they're arguing good faith, yeah, cool by me. Love having conversations with people who legitimately have never read a history book in their entire lives. Jeremy, you need to read some books, my friend. I have a feeling you haven't read one. You probably watched some videos, probably, because you're also a man child. So you probably watched some videos, I'm sure you have, and you think, I saw a video on it, so now I'm an expert. You're not, man. You're, you're embarrassing yourself. But it's okay. You have a right to do that. I'm happy you watched. Please watch again. I hope you're watching this and I hope you make comments and insult me again. That'd be awesome. Please do that. That would be amazing. So then Eric says, when someone asks, asks Eric, what's wrong with the naming rights thing? Eric says, well, for one, Larry literally said if we put company names on them, they wouldn't collapse as much. Illogical, not to mention, not illogical, true, factually true. Literally, look around at the stadiums and the roads and the bridges that the government now runs right now. They collapse all the time. They're in C and D and F grades. They're literally collapsing all the time. This guy has no idea what he's talking about. They're collapsing as we, as we speak. I would ask you to please find the collapsing infrastructure that is run by a corporation. I'm not run by, that is sponsored by a corporation. You can't find any. 
So how do I know I could be right? Because we were trying to keep the highways clean and we were failing. Then we did the adopt a highway plan where companies came in and paid a fee to have the adopt a highway and to clean the highways. You know what we got? Cleaner highways. That's reality. Eric Gilson, I'm just saying you're full of shit. I literally not, not only a lot, is it not illogical? It's already being done already. Now there is physical evidence of it. I don't know what he's talking about. Completely, absolutely wrong. I'm just saying completely, absolutely wrong. And he's like, well, no, I'm smart. Yeah. So let me move past that if, if I could. Um, he says, either there will be a toll on every private road or they'll increase product prices to recoup costs. Again, another completely wrong. These companies that I'm talking about already spend four, five, six, ten billion dollars on marketing already. They'll just shift the cost from marketing to instead the bridge, in which case, where's the price increase? Nowhere he made that up. There'll be a, a, a toll in every private road. Okay, first of all, you're not privatizing the roads. I was very clear when I said, it's not privatizing. You're only producing naming, allowing naming rights. The government can still inspect it on the bridge. He didn't hear that. He's like, you guys are evil and mean. He just made all of this up. That's not, and he's wrong, literally wrong. Then he says, they'll just pay for a bridge to giant advertisement and the state builds it. And then you're literally becoming dystopian. That's not what I said. They're responsible for maintenance or they don't do it. Done. So he also wants companies, I'm sorry, um, that, that build roads beholden to, I don't know what he's saying there, because we can't, because we can't vote them out. You can't vote out your current people. What are you talking about? You know what you can do instead? The people, these, again, this is ignorance. Just understand the people that run like the MTA or any large organization that's within the government, they're not voted on. They're union employees or government appointees, but he doesn't know that. So he acts as if he does know it, but he doesn't. They're, you're not, not electing the guy who runs the bridges. That guy is hired as an employee or appointed by a mayor or a governor or a board, or depending upon where you live. He doesn't know that though. So you can't vote them out either. The difference is you can absolutely punish the company. Well, no, we can't death them turn garbage. Well, then why are we having companies change what they're doing now? Because they're afraid of the backlash. It's happening now, right now it's happening. This is utter garbage. But again, he believes it. And aggressively, he's not asking questions like, hey, Larry, what about? No. He's like, Larry, you're an idiot, you libertarians. He's not asking me. He's telling me I'm wrong. And he's utterly wrong. If him and I would have a conversation, he would be embarrassed. Like he would just be going, um, um, um. He would be embarrassed because none of what he's saying is real. None of it. So he says, uh, let's see, uh, you have to pr price hikes or cut. No, you don't. This, he, and then he literally answers it with, Libertarians literally have no idea how basic economic, economics work. I Clearly, he has never spent time around libertarians. If there's one thing that libertarians know, it's how economics work. If you give us nothing else, nothing else, that one, yeah, we kind of got that one down. That one we got down. I mean, you could attack us on many things. That's not one at all. 
yeah, that's 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 the wrong one. How wrong he is, it's embarrassingly how wrong he is. Yeah, and then uh, Paul says, um, none of what you said applies to me or reality. He says, if it, I get it, you're libertarian, so your grasp and reality is that of a 16-year-old. Again, always, if the, if the right attacks you, it's because you're morally wrong or don't care about America or something like that. That's how the right attacks. When the left attacks, you're just dumb. You're just ignorant. And you see it constantly. That's all it is. You're a child. And the, the man children are calling me a child. The man child is calling me a child. Just pretty embarrassingly bad. So, yeah. Um, so, anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll move past that piece to, to another one if I can. This one, it, again, begins okay. A lot of them begin okay with, you know, they're nice. This is not a bad thing. So good. But then in there, they have to attack them. They have to attack me and make me bad. They have to do that because if they don't, here's the issue you find. Because none of them can actually, well, some of them try to fight my arguments, but they're just bad at it. They don't fight my arguments, so they try to attack me. See, the messenger is wrong. Therefore, don't listen to him because the messenger is wrong. But the messenger isn't wrong or bad. I'm the guy talking about making people happy. I'm the guy saying no force and no taxes. They're the ones saying government should do everything. So, yeah, pr pretty bad. So, pretty bad in general. Let me see if I can grab a couple more if we have this here. All right, that covers that piece. Um, we They then move on to, he talks about, Tom is, is, is on my side. And this was great. A lot of people were also on my side. Tom says, on the note of big businesses getting away with fines, I work Con Ed for a bit and they pool all of their fines for power uh, violations and traffic tickets and pay only a small percentage at the end of the year. That is a common thing. And then someone responds, a guy named BL says, that explains why you always see Con Ed vans with like 20 tickets on the dashboards and they don't care about it. Yes, that's how all big businesses negotiate with cities and municipalities and states. It's what they do. And they, of course, say, Larry doesn't know reality. No, I know how it works because I was an owner operator. I was a truck driver. Yes, Larry Sharp, I was a truck driver. And when I was a truck driver, every time we got a ticket, we had to pay for it. Yet the UPS guy and the FedEx guy was laughing his way back home because he was just going to give it to UPS. At the end of the year, they pay up all their fines and they pay a fraction, maybe a 30 cents on a dollar. I'm paying full price, a little guy, and getting hammered. FedEx is getting 30 cents on a dollar. If that, probably less, probably less. That is reality. If these guys think, that's not how it works. That's exactly how it works. I'm not about consolidation. I see how the corruption works. So you're going to add more of that? Jesus Christ. You're going to make it even worse? Terrible. Another guy named Never Was says, it was, pretty, uh, it was pretty refreshing to see Destiny talk to a sane person that has reasonable ideas that could be actualized in reality. So someone is saying, yeah, Larry's got some ideas. Not Sean Brink has got to, got, got to attack. Here it is. Always superlative. You'll see it constantly and always dismissive. He says, huh? Sharp has literally zero sane ideas. Maybe Burger King will have its own police force while Pizza Hut plows the roads. First off, why, why can't Pizza Hut plow the roads? I don't know why Burger King would have a police force, but maybe. But the point is, why wouldn't Pizza Hut plow the roads? Pizza Hut and Domino's are already fixing potholes. Again, Sean, no idea what he's talking about. Again, and aggressively. Superb, no ideas, zero ideas. I'm the smart guy because I'm 19 and I watched the video. So he thinks he knows everything. He is literally incorrect. Right now, Domino's is fixing potholes better than we are and helping us to make, to have better roads for everybody. And you know who really gets screwed by bad roads? 
It's not the wealthy. It isn't. The wealthy lease all their vehicles, usually from their companies. Maintenance is paid by their companies. That's how that works. And if you know life at all, and these kids don't, they don't realize that. The wealthy lease all their vehicles. Their businesses pay all the costs. So when you buy their stuff, you're paying for their shot tires or broke or trash struts or whatever. You're paying, you're paying for that. But when you're a working poor or middle class, when that pothole trashes your car, you pay for it. You do. You get hammered. That's stuff you can't get for Christmas. That's stuff you can't buy for your, your son or your daughter or your friend or whoever that you care about. You can't. Well, if they don't care. Broken potholes, whatever. Company pays for it. It's done. This guy doesn't get it. So we can't have them do it. If Domino's wants to make life better for other people, let them. Let them. He's against it because he's like, it looks dystopian. It looks dystopian to them. So they'd rather have everybody suffer because I don't want to look dystopian. That sounds privileged AF, as they say. You don't like the privileged word? You're the privileged one. You're the privileged one. Then he says, pull all troops and let China and Russia, the rest of the world, out of fight. Okay, first off, China's taking the world now without using troops. To think that you don't understand that, again, shows your ignorance. China right now is doing it without troops. Without troops. They're doing it right now. So if I pull troops out of Japan or if I pull troops out of Germany or whatever, now all of a sudden, well, now China's going to take over. They're doing it now. And we're wasting our time fighting this idiot's telling us to fight in Afghanistan and wherever he wants us to have troops. Wow, is that dumb. Let Russia take. Russia's already on the border of Ukraine. What are our troops going to do in Germany? Zero sense. Z makes no sense. So he wants to put our troops in Ukraine. So what happens when he puts when we put our troops in Ukraine? What happens when that happens? And then there's some terrorist attack or whatever it is. And now Marines are dead. Soldiers are dead. We're going to go to war against Russia now. That's your brilliant idea. Sean, you're a child. You should stop talking about this. You just really should stop. You should just stop. You're, you're embarrassing yourself. I'm sorry. I get a little upset because it's not because they're wrong. That isn't the issue. Lots of people I talk to are confused or wrong. And sometimes I'm wrong, which is why I often don't attack so hard. But when they come so aggressively, so hard, as if they're so right and they're so wrong, just they're embarrassing themselves. And the rest of these guys are like, yeah, he's right. No, they're really wrong and bad. Utterly wrong and bad. Lil Porkchop says, uh, that's, that's his name. I'm not teasing. That's his name, Lil Porkchop, or her name. Sorry. Um, I love that this guy actually had some policies and plans. Even if they're a bit buggy, it's nice to hear some ideas. Yes. What's wrong with that? People got angry at me about that. They were like, well, he's not married to the idea. Because maybe I'm wrong. And maybe you have a better idea. But how about we have a conversation back and forth? One of the guys said um, that, well, he's saying don't measure towards perfection as a way of avoiding critique, criticism. No. Criticize it against the status quo. Think about that. Because I know utopia is not real. So I don't say measure it against utopia. Every policy loses if you measure against utopia. Every policy loses. Nothing gives you utopia unless you're a socialist and you believe if I take 95% of your money that I'll have a socialist utopia. Then you believe that. But that's completely wrong. The point is nothing's utopia. I measure it against the status quo. 
if your plan is better than my plan is at getting us away from the status quo, making it better, I'll go with your plan. But none of them gave me any plans. They just said, my plans are dumb. That's not how people move forward. They would know that if any of them actually worked in business, none of them have. But if any of them worked in business, they'd be like, yeah, that's true. And the people who got that, like Little Porkchop, he said, I got it. You're putting out ideas. That's how we make things better by putting out ideas and picking the best one. That actually makes sense. That's how you move forward. Not, it's not perfect, therefore stop it. So now nothing happens until you just, I guess, become 100% socialist, I guess. So Kevin says, Kevin's on my side here. Kevin says, I live in Vermont with the beer scene in here is exactly what they're talking about in debate. There are so many unique breweries and craft beers across Vermont. There are major brands that don't even ship to the state because there's no profit margin because there's so many breweries that no one becomes too big. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Again, Larry is in reality. That's what's happening in more than one state. What's actually happening now in more than one state. And they got mad at me. He comes up with these anecdotes. Yes, real proof of what's happening. The anecdote isn't a random thing like I was walking down the street and some guy said his brewery was good. No, I was telling you how stuff actually works in, in the States. Like it's working now. You can just look at it. I give them the law in Wyoming. That's working now. Dumb anecdotes. No, reality. Data points. You could look at it if you wanted to, if you cared. But they're kind of just mad and they want to be angry. So, yeah. So then people, of course, try to attack him here too. Because we have to make sure that we attack him and make him look bad because... One guy says, I said around 2015 that craft beer was a major bubble, that there was no way people are drinking all the 15,000 craft brews enough to keep them viable. It's annoying going to a convenience store and seeing 50 stupid looking beers that taste like rotten ass 80% of the time. That's what Fung Dark says. But I guess the market's wrong because clearly it's working, but he's right. He's right. Literally, he thinks he's right. That That's the problem. He is so aggressively trying to act like he's correct and just go, instead of going, you know what? I should just stop talking. I do it myself. Sometimes you hear me just say nothing. I just say nothing because sometimes I shouldn't say anything. Mr. Fung Dark should learn that lesson. And sometimes he should just say nothing. That's all. So then they attacked me on my foreign policy. I love this piece too. Oh my God, I love this stuff. Um, They were talking about how, you know, well, oh my God, is he, he, he looks stupid or bad because of, you know, being nice to Germany or whatever and all that kind of thing, all those other things. I thought to myself, so what I said was we should be talking to our enemies always so that we can negotiate peace as soon as possible. And that was crazy and insane and nutty. Let me say it again. What I said, if you watch it, what I said, we should have always been talking. We should be talking to the Germans, talking to the Japanese, always talking to them so that we can negotiate peace as soon as possible. Why is that crazy? That's insane to them. We should stop our forever wars. They thought it's insane. These guys are what what the left called them tankies. These guys are tankies. They think putting, and Desi even said it. I like the idea of having American hegemony. Being on top of the world. I don't. That's a, not, not through violence. Not through military power. That's a terrible idea. But I'm the bad guy because I think America creating an empire is a bad idea. Yeah, America creating empire is a bad idea. I thought when we were kind of growing, 
I thought when we were kind of growing that the reason why we left the, the, the British was because we didn't like empires. Maybe I'm wrong. We were trying to not be part of an empire. Isn't that why we became independent country? Through war? Kind of, yeah. So I think American empire is a bad idea. Now, American cultural empire, because people like our culture, people like what we're talking about, people think that uh, we are the shining city on the hill. Yes, I am totally happy with that type of empire. But I'm not happy with the, well, we should be bombing people to show that we can negotiate better. Wow, what a terrible idea. And then we wonder why the Russians want to fight. We wonder why the Chinese want to fight. Make, again, they just make themselves look bad. It, it's, it's thoroughly embarrassing for them, but they just, they just kept going. They just kept going. So um, the, uh, Chris says, I felt this guy's entire take was, here's an idea, but maybe it won't work. I'm not married to it. Yes, that's accurate. But he's not saying it as a good thing. He's saying it as an insult. Like he's mad at me. Why aren't you 100% sure that your answer is the only answer and that everyone else is evil and wrong? Well, that's how he thinks. I actually don't think that way. So I don't talk that way. Every idea I come up with, I believe is the best idea. I'm not always right. But what I hope is that people get on my side and go, yeah, I see where you're going with that. And I think I may have a better one. And if we have a better one, we go the better route. If we don't, maybe we use mine. But if we just go, oh, no, that's not perfect. And you're not yelling at me about it. Therefore, it's terrible. That's what he's talking about. So another horrible idea here. Same thing. So here, Eddie says, oh, my God, most of the liquor industry stuff was so bad. I worked in the industry for years. The, that regulation is there as a barrier to prevent selling to minors. Absolute garbage. Not true. For him to even say that, Eddie shows he's like, he worked in it for years. Yeah, two. That's absolutely not true. It is all about control. If it was about selling beer to minors, if that if Eddie was correct, then why did we all of a sudden have all the people across the country, so many people across the country, lose their liquor licenses for not having COVID rules in effect? If it was for selling to minors. Why do most people lose liquor license for things like not paying a fine or something like that? Or making somebody angry or something, which happens all the time. What, what, why, why that? If it's for minors. If you're telling me the only reason that people lose their liquor license is because they sell to minors, I might believe that. That's utterly, totally not true. And someone's going to go, citation needed. Look it up yourself. If you think, if you can even imagine that that's not true, you, you've never, you don't understand how the industry works. Ask any bartender. Ask anyone who's worked in an industry for more than three years. They will tell you, no, no, no it's about control. They threaten to take it away if you don't do the right thing all the time. Liquor licensing is about control. And here's my issue. Well, Larry, you have to do it to stop the minors. Okay, how about this? No liquor license at all, as an example, just as an example. And instead, you just have people go in and check. You have secret shoppers, sting operations that, that they seem to like that I freaking hate. But you have it. You have youngsters go in and try to buy. And, it, and if they don't buy, you find them. Great. Why is a liquor license required? You could still punish people, couldn't you? You don't have to have a liquor license. Not required. You could still punish people. You could, in theory, put the owner in jail if you wanted to. You could. Please don't do that. But you could. There are plenty of ways of, of stopping that. 
You have random people go in and check IDs. You have the cops come in and check IDs of everyone in the bar if you want to. There's many ways you could if you wanted to. You don't have to have a liquor license. He is utterly wrong, totally ignorant, has no idea what he's talking about, and blatant yelling it. That's the way it is. Here, all, uh, almost most of the small craft brews are owned by Miller Coors and Anna Bush. How do you know that, Eddie? The guy in Vermont said no. New York, it's not true. So there's two states where they're not true. He's just made this up. He's probably 21, worked in a brewery once for six months, and now goes, I know everything. No idea. Just no idea. And then Nice Meme says, voting with our dollars and voting with our feet. Oh, my God, he tells people to just move. That's not what I was saying at all, but she's decided that I'm a bad person, so now I'm a bad person. This is what I put up with, guys. But happy I did it. Most of the people were good. Seeing this is good for us to see what we're up against and good for us to be able to deal with more, um, more uh, better communication. Stipulations talks about what I talked about. He says right here, a really good example of insurance companies working well at keeping businesses in check is with amusement parks. Somehow amusement parks are not regulated in any major way. Instead, they need to take out insurance and the companies that give out insurance make sure they're safe. And indeed, we can see amusement parks in the U.S. are extremely safe and not overburdened with regulation. Yeah. Again, an example of something actually happening. Oh my God, Larry just makes things up. He lives in a fantasy world. No, actually happening. Then someone goes, great, great example, blah, blah, right? And he says, um, you just said that the insurance companies make the regulations. The regulations are still there, but the enforcer has changed. Yeah, but it's what I talked about. The difference is, what is the incentive? Do you have incentives aligned? The insurance company wants to keep getting premiums. So it wants to keep the, the, the companies open. That's its goal. Keep the companies open, but to not pay out claims. So it wants to keep them open safely. That is literally in the insurance company's best interest. Keep it open without paying out claims. What is the, the, um, uh, the, the, um, uh, um, sorry, the amusement parks guys, what, what's his incentive to keep his park open and not play, pay claims. They are aligned perfectly. That's why it works better. What's the government's job? Collect revenue on a quarterly basis. So I don't get fired. I'm not joking. If you work for the government and done this, you know exactly what I'm talking about. To collect, sometimes on a monthly basis, but usually quarterly, but often monthly too, to collect revenue on a specific period, time period, monthly, quarter, whatever it is, so I don't get fired. That's their incentive. Totally different. Not the same. And that's why he says perfectly, it makes total sense. I appreciate that tremendously. So thank you for that, my friend. Yes. So if I can grab this here, uh, Gilbert says, I really enjoyed Larry's conversation with Vosh, and I knew I would enjoy this one too. Larry seems super cool. Thank you. He can get a little loud. That's true. But the way he argues comes across as passionate because it's true. Um, yet consistently in good faith, never condescending. Wolf could learn something. Wolf is another guy he did. Um, okay, I was wrong. As soon as he gets in the foreign policy, he's with bad faith. That's what he says. Gul uh, Gulbert says this. He's, Larry's with bad faith. And his example is, do you want your sons and daughters to die in a war? That's bad faith to them. I want to say that again. In his words, he wrote this. Bad faith to him is, do you want your sons and daughters to die in a war? I didn't say in a war. I said in Ukraine, but it's fine. In Ukraine. And I literally said, to fight for America, I would die. I would leave my legs in the streets. I said that because I would. 
There's a picture above me when I, when I was in the, mil, in the Marine Corps that I would do that. I would do it to this day. Would I die for my nation? Yes. I have daughters. Do I want my daughters dying for Ukraine? No. That's not bad faith. That's a parent. That's an American parent. That's not bad faith. And for Gilbert to say that, what's wrong with him? What's wrong with him? How broken is it to think it's okay to send others to die so he... That sounds privileged to me. It's fine to have poor people go die for your war so you can keep your iPhone? No, it's not. So you can feel... So you can be on top of a hegemony like Destiny wants and feel like you can make right rules for the rest of the world? So the poor kids have to have come home with either broken brains, broken bodies, or in a bag. That's okay for you. That's not bad faith. That's reality. That's what wars are. Lots of people are broken. Lots of people are broken, physically or mentally. They are broken. It's not bad faith. Am I prepared to die on a hill? Yes. Not someone else's hill. I'm not. My hill, here in my city, here in my state, here in my country, yes, I will die on that hill, 100%. I signed up. I spent seven years prepared to die on that hill. Many of my brothers and sisters have died on hills. They died on hills in Afghanistan. And now we're leaving. And what we get? Why are they broken? For what? For what? But that's bad faith. Shame on you, Gubbert. Gubbert, whatever your name is. Shame on you for that. I don't want Americans, men and women, and in some cases, kids, depending upon what happens, Kids dying on hills in foreign countries. For what? That's not bad faith. And as soon as he said forever wars, I knew it was headed downhill fast because they don't mind forever wars. They're fine with it. Fight forever. I'm not going. I go to college. I'm not going to go. It's volunteer. Let the poor kids go. Let the poor kids go is what he's saying. Let them go die. That's bad faith. That's bad faith. I, again, how broken are we? That that's that that's what we're saying. So then uh, Bean Pod, who thinks he's brilliant, says Larry's day of deregulating based on actual harm. I didn't say that, but that's okay. Only did someone die? Did someone get sick? Especially in the food industry, honestly, quite terrifying and shouldn't be considered in civil society. So I would ask him, where is all the pain now? Right? Where are all the people dying now? And you might say, well, Larry, because it's regulated. Okay, I'll I'll give an example of hot dogs. Tons of regulation to be a hot dog vendor in New York City. Tons. Lots of regulation. Okay. Literally every single week in this country, I don't know, millions of mothers and fathers make hot dogs for their kids. Millions of adults like hot dogs and eat them, boil them up. Where are all the deaths from hot dogs? Where are all of them? I don't know. Where are they? What if you use insurance companies to decide here's what your insurance will be and here's how it works. So someone can be paid out. If right now some hot dog vendor has someone gets sick or dies or whatever the case may be, if it does happen, um, what happens? The hot dog vendor says, I got my, I passed my inspection. They probably sue the state. They make more regulations. Lawyers get tons of money. The people who died get $4.95 after six years in a class action lawsuit. Lawyers make tons of money. More regulations pop in. Nothing changes. That's how it works now. He's like, well, just do nothing. Keep it the way it works now. Completely corrupt, totally broken. And when people are harmed, they get a bunch of money, a little bit of money 12 years from now. That's what he's talking about. And then another guy jumps on top. Hawk says, exactly. Apparently he's never heard the word prevention before. Prevention. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's all that matters. So why don't we, for prevention, make the speed limit across the entire United States 20 miles an hour? By the way, that's the science. I'm not joking. 20 miles an hour, give or take, depending upon where you are and what you're doing. That the, the, the difference between someone dying and being injured in a car crash around 20 miles an hour is a huge difference. Right. And it's statistically clearly you could still die if you hit at a, at a, at a slower speed and clearly you might still survive. If you hit at the faster speed, but statistically 20 miles an hour is a big thing. How do I know that New York city, we put a 20 mile an hour speed limit in New York city because of the, of the data. Yeah. We had vision zero in New York. It's going to stop people from getting hit by cars and stuff. Did it work? No, it didn't. People still die of car crashes in New York. And the numbers have gone up last year when no one's in the city. The numbers went up. Yeah, I did a show on that about two weeks ago. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. But let's make it, let's do that. He wouldn't want that though, would he? So it's fine prevention when he thinks it's okay, but what about when he doesn't think it's okay? No, it shouldn't be based upon whether the, the hot dog is at a certain temperature. It should be whether the hot dog's safe. Now, to ask you something, for those of you who, who think I'm crazy, and some of you probably do, who writes regulations? Usually corporate lobbyists. That's who use those regulations. And when do regulations change? When do they change? When corporate lobbyists decide to change them. And usually they move as fast as they can towards big business doing well, small business being punished. That's a good general rule. Not a 100% rule, but a very good general rule. I'll change that. What about standards like insurance standards? People hate insurance for some reason. I don't know why. How about insurance standards? When do standards change? As the industry changes, as actuaries figure out what's real, because what do actuaries work on? Data, actual data. That's what they do. That's literally their job. As an actuary, they work on actual data and they will change, change standards as the data changes. That's how that will work. As the data changes. That's how they function. So you actually get better standards. Larry, what's your example of that? I'll tell you my example. Electronics, UL, Underwriters Laboratory. Most electronics were hardly, were hardly relatively regulated at all for decades. So how can we even have a bunch of, uh, you know, radios exploding and burning and batteries exploding, right? How can we even have that? What we have for decades? Why? Because Underwriters Laboratory was a stamp. It was a private company that changed its standards and regulations and, 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 and practices based upon what was happening in the actual field. They figured it out and people wanted that stamp. We get more, more regulations now than we've ever had. What do we have? Batteries exploding in phones. That happens now. Huh? Isn't that odd? Literally, I've shown you an actual example of something actually happening. You're like, gee, Larry, stupid. I'm giving you the actual issues. Absolutely. I don't, I don't know what he's talking about. So I don't know. I'm going to keep going if I can. Um, let's see if I can figure this one out. Um, let's see. Uh, Larry's on like a polite attorney selling um, old world nightmare. I, I don't know what. This is just stuff he makes up. Beanpod just makes stuff up because he wants to hate me. And it's fine. You can hate me, brother. It's fine. I still want you to watch anyway. I still want you to care. It's, it's totally fine. So yes. All good. All right. Um, let's see. Appar uh, um, apparently he's never heard of prevention. That seems kind of important. Running a Texas power was excellent. I'm, I'm not surprised how bad Larry found it addressing it. No, I didn't because I never addressed it because he kept talking. The reality of Texas is that was government. 
right? That wasn't that was that wasn't private. It was government. The Texas government didn't want to be part of the grid, so they created two separate grids. But well, at that point too, it became three. California had a separate grid, but he doesn't know that. But not just that; it's a different type of electricity. I don't remember this. Some wave difference. So for you to move electricity from one to the other, it has to change. How do you do that? Government's supposed to. It doesn't. If it was a private company, would they change it? Of course they would. They'd have more stations that would change the 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 wave. I, I, I'm ignorant to what the type of is different type of wave in the electricity in the Texas grid versus the other two grids. I don't remember exactly what it is, but that's a difference in in the in, in the uh, in the waves. So you can fix it, but there's a station you have to create that will change or whatever they do to the electricity to make it function in Texas versus function outside of Texas. Well, the government's supposed to build it. It didn't. What if it was a private company? They might have built it. Yeah. But but who runs all of the grids in Texas, California, New York, all over? It's a private, it's it's a private nonprofit. A nonprofit. Not a not a, a company that's making money and not government. A nonprofit runs it, which is overseen by the government. So how is it private? How is it a private problem? I don't get it. It's a it's a it's a one of those mixes of private, public, nonprofit garbage that governments are so good at doing so that no one can be responsible. And that's what's happened here. But they don't know any better. So um, Impulse says he has no idea. New York State has food inspection agencies that are constantly inspecting various manufacturing supermarkets. The amount of temperature abuse, illegal distribution, and on and on is stunning. If that's true, where are all the deaths? Impulse response, if what you said is true, where are all the deaths? Yeah, so either that's not true, one, or two, it doesn't matter. One of the two is true, right? He said, it's uh, stunning. There's so Everyone's blowing the rules. Well, if they're all blowing the rules, well, then where are all the deaths? So either the rules don't matter or that's not true. You can't say they're all blowing the rules and everybody's healthy. So we need more rules. I don't know what he's talking about. This makes no sense. But of course, he just says it. Yeah, without the government, everything would be all be dead. I hear that all the time. Without the government, would all be dead. Let me ask you a serious question. It's a serious question. And I'm not advocating for this, but they think I am. So I'm going to walk down that road. What happened if the FDA said, you know what? Or New York State said, you know what? I don't want, we're not going to really inspect that much anymore. It costs too much money. We're, we're broke. We're not going to inspect much at all. And everybody know, we're not really going to do much inspecting at all. Not much at all. We, we can't afford it. We're broke. State's broke. We're not going to do it. We're going to go down from whatever we do to one-tenth of that. What would happen? These people have no trust in humanity. They don't. And I'm not joking when I say they have no trust. They think, we'll just start eating poison food and dying. They honestly believe that. I'm not making that up. We'll just, I'll just start eating poison, I guess, then. Oh, well, guess we all die. That's what he thinks. Versus people going, oh, the government's stepping away? Hey, can I step in? Which is what happens um, always. Which is what happens always unless government stops them and says, no, we are the only monopoly. You may not do that. If government doesn't stop you, someone will step in. How do we know that? Because it happens all the time. All the time. How many times have, have industries regulated themselves when there was no regulation? All the time. Does it work? Sometimes. Sometimes not. Does government regulation work? Sometimes, sometimes not, usually not, but sometimes, sometimes not. So we could check it. And in today's world, not 200 years ago, today's world, with everything getting out so fast and us being able to do things that we can do, why can't we check them? Of course we could. This concept is just, again, broken. 
He says again, he has no idea. This is the, remember, it was always going to be dismissive. That's the common thread. Dismissive. Just see that? No idea. Total idiot. No way. Right? Here, impulse response says, same reason DMB driving tests are not done by private firms. Why not? Why not? He says, possibility of bribes. Because you know who never get bribed? Government employees. Never happen. Never. You know what news there was today, by the way? New York State. Mr. Silver in New York State, who was put in prison since six years uh, because of corruption, is going to be getting out soon. 77 years old. Getting out soon. Yep. He's getting out. Mr. Silver. Because you know what, 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 <laughs> what government never does? Accept bribes. Did he actually posted that? Come on. He actually posted that. How? What are these people thinking? Because if you work for the government, you're now, you're now in, you're now perfectly honorable. Of course. Yeah. Absolutely. Terrible. Um Yeah. Anyway, um so let me move on if I could. In my view, the present system incentivizes bribe, bribery. What? So you, you don't like your, uh, okay, I can't go any further. Literally, he just says it's bad, but the present system's, I don't know what he's doing. Okay, I'm going to move past that. They, 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 they're just sometimes so embarrassing, I don't even know how to act. They just, they just want to win. They want me to be a bad guy. That's the issue. So, any case. Um, Ice Coaster was very good. He says, um, great discussion. As Olivia said, with super refreshing ideas because of Mr. Sharp. Thank you so much, Mr. Coaster. Michael Catherine says, great discussion. What he said about restaurants throwing away food when health inspectors arrive is true. Thank you. I know it's true. He says, I've worked in restaurants all my life and I've seen it. Yeah. Yeah, mister, I know restaurants. That's not how it works. Yeah, you don't know anything. This dude, he knows. That's what happens all the time. That is a common thing. I'm surprised that he would even imagine that. Yes. Surprised he even have he didn't do that. But there was some people who were good. See, he was good. Others were good. There were some positive things too. So it's not all just Liar was a bad guy. Some were good. And then they're mad at me because of uh, my foreign policy issues, right? And they talk about the World War II piece. He says, Roosevelt didn't nuke Japan. I'll give Larry credit though. He's more educated in World War II than Destiny. That, yep, that's true. Um, Destiny spewed high school revisionist. Larry spewed the current Wikipedia knowledge. Um, if only you knew, you, you've also embarrassed yourself, Henry, yet again. Um, none of that stuff is is real, what, what he just said. The reality of it is always talking to your enemies is a good idea. We could have gotten surrender, perhaps, out of Germany or Japan before we had to nuke Japan and before we had to totally invade um, Germany. It might have happened. We don't know that. But what he doesn't know, and maybe we don't know, why would I, why would I even say that we should have talked to the Germans and here to the Nazis? Why should I say that? Why should we spoken to them? Their, their, their idea is if we talk to the Nazis, then we give in to the Nazis. That's insanely short-sighted and actually ignorant. Instead, realize something. There were, the Germans tried to kill Hitler 44 times. Didn't some German, was it Hess? I forget, didn't someone know this? Some German literally parachuted into England. Some Nazi parachuted into England during the war, trying to negotiate peace. Obviously, it was completely wrong and insane. But even he was trying. The Nazis were parachuting out of Germany, trying to negotiate peace. And we couldn't because Roosevelt said unconditional. Unconditional. No. 
You must unconditionally surrender. Would you? Would you? That was actually in the movie Fury. If you saw that movie Fury, it's a World War II movie um, about Americans fighting in Germany in the last days of the war in 45 in the last days. And the American uh, officers are like, why won't these guys surrender? And Brad Pitt, who's in it, he looks at the officer and says, would you? And he's like, nah, I wouldn't. Yeah, you wouldn't surrender. Why? Because unconditional. Remember something. In case you guys forgot, the Nazis and the Japanese imperialists were horrible to the people they conquered. They were devastating. They would destroy entire cities. They would, they would erase nations. That's what they would do. So they assumed we do the same to them. So of course they wouldn't. If you thought, if you're a, a German soldier, if you're a Japanese soldier, and you thought that if you lost the war, your nation would be erased from the map, would you stop fighting? Of course you wouldn't. Of course you wouldn't stop fighting. But if you actually thought that maybe I won't lose my entire nation, that we screwed up, we have to pay a price, they're going to hammer us, but they're not going to destroy us, they're going to leave us, we're going to exist after this war, you might surrender. You might. Because that's what people did. Constantly. All the time. And if you do any homework on this, you will know the Germans wanted to surrender in 44 and 45. They knew they couldn't. The Japanese wanted to surrender in 45. Not in 44. In 45, they wanted to surrender. And they couldn't. Well, Larry, why do you want those guys to surrender? I'll tell you why. Because in the last year of the war, we'll look at Europe first. Think of all the Americans who died. Think of all the Germans who died. All the French who died. All the Russians who died. All the Poles who died. All the, all the Jews who were gassed in the last year of the war. If we negotiate peace and we end the war, well, then they don't die, do they? That's why. I guess that's arguing in bad faith because I don't want random innocent people to die and be murdered in a battlefield for nothing. Because I don't want that. Because I don't want Jews to be gassed by the, at that point, hundreds of thousands, maybe another million, whatever the number, surely hundreds of thousands. I didn't want hundreds of thousands of more Jews to be gassed. I don't want, I, that's a bad idea. That makes me bad faith, right? That's how these guys think. That's how they think. Well, Larry, they wouldn't have given up. How do you know? And you don't have to stop fighting. You can still talk while you're fighting. You can still invade w while you're talking. And maybe they would have surrendered. But Larry, they would have wanted to give their land up. Yeah, that's part of the negotiation. That's called negotiating. That's what it's about. Now, the, 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 the other idiot was the Japanese would fight forever. You should know. Okay. If you've done any homework in World War II, any, if you've read a book, any homework, the Japanese were fighting to surrender. They wanted peace. I'm not joking. I'm not making that up. This is literally Yamamoto, who was the guy who had the idea for bombing uh, Pearl Harbor. His actual plan was, do your own homework you think I'm making this up, was to bomb Pearl Harbor to cripple the American fleet so that they would think it wasn't worth fighting and they would negotiate for peace. I'm not joking. That was his plan. He told the Japanese imperial, um, Japanese imperial um, uh, leadership, he said, I can guarantee you six months of victory and that's it. Then we're done. You better have peace by then or we're done. That's what he said. I'm making it up. Check it out yourself. That's actual history. Not with these guys going, the Japanese fighting for every, that's, that's high school that's 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 high school prejudice. That that's literally racist. That's literally racist. Japanese are just people, just like everybody else. So of course they acted like other people would act. Of course they projected themselves into others. Their 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 nation was was trying to bomb. They had all their expansion in those six months, bombing Pearl Harbor, taking the Philippines, taking Southeast Southeast Asia, and they just dug in. 
if you're planning to win that war and not surrender, wouldn't you have a plan to invade America? Wouldn't you be landing in California and taking your tanks down into, I don't know, Nevada or something? Wouldn't you be doing that? No plans, never going to do it because they couldn't. It was never going to happen. The entire thing was beat up America bad enough so America would sue for peace. That was the entire Japanese plan. The entire plan. So why would you say they wouldn't surrender when that was the entire plan? It was to get the best, the absolute best terms possible. That's what they were doing. Totally true. The Germans, they were going to win in 45. If they were going to win in 44, if they thought. No Germans thought that. Well, maybe the average German might have thought that. But no Germans leadership thought that. They were talking peace already. In fact, if some of you don't know this, they literally were trying to discuss with the Allies, this is a true story, do your own homework, on how once the Allies came in, the Germans would join the Allies and fight the Russians. This is why, some of you know the story, this is why Patton thought he was going to fight the Russians. Because Germans who were being captured were talking about, hey, we can join your side and fight the Russians. That's what Germans were thinking. Everything I said is true. Everything I talked about was real. This is how World War II is really fought. That's what actually happened. But they're like, we got to go beat him up. I don't know. I'm sorry. Just, it's just, it, I'm, I'm a little passionate about this because the idea of using, using the lives of American youth for these just political gains and destroying them bothers me personally. Not that I'm, I'm concerned about fighting. I'm not. If for some reason we're going to be invaded or something, then I guess I'm getting my M16 again and I'm going back into the field and maybe I'm dying. Okay. Not for Ukraine. No. No. Not for Afghanistan. Not for Iraq. No. It got mad at me. Well, Larry, then, you know, Iran will get nuclear weapons. Okay, so? Iran gets nuclear weapons. Okay. That happens. What's going to happen? They're going to nuke somebody. Serious question. If Iran gets nuclear weapons, are they going to nuke somebody? Who are they going to nuke? Israel? Israel has nuclear weapons. They'll be destroyed. Israel will destroy Iran. Israel might not even let Iran have nuclear weapons without us. We can just walk away. Israel might stop them anyway. But we can still trade with Iran. North Korea has nuclear weapons. Who are they nuking? Who are they nuking? Nobody. Pakistan has nuclear weapons. Who are they nuking? Well, it's going to be unstable. Pakistan has fought a border war with India. Both had nuclear weapons. No exchange. India has fought two border wars with China. Both have nuclear weapons. Where's the nuclear exchange? Nowhere. This is something just made up. More made up stuff. Chicken hawk garbage. They're fine throwing our poor youth to die on a battlefield for nothing. I'm not. And I'm not the bad faith actor here. I kind of think they are. Kind of think they are. Sorry. Okay. Um... This guy, uh, Satanic Global Illuminati, that's his name. This whole debate is like, here are these problems. Let us use these fantastical solutions. No place, no other place does so we can see if maybe it works. That's what I said. Not once. I've already explained how everything I've talked about is based in reality. It's facts. If you just look at it, none of it's fantastical at all. Again, he's made this up. Um, and Destiny says, what about this infrastructure bill and just doing what the rest of the, of the planet does? No, I don't believe uh, them, it's not going to work even though it does there. Yeah, I, we explained that. Both of us agreed it doesn't work here. I try to explain why. We agreed to that. That's true. It doesn't work here. And then I asked, and they all said, well, why don't you believe in the government? And I asked him, I said, can you please 
tell me, maybe I'm wrong again. Can you please tell me of one thing the government's built that was impressive since the moonshot, since the moon landing? One thing. Couldn't answer. I asked again. If you're watching, I asked again. I waited. Talk a little bit. Said, well, no, no, I'm going to go back to this. Can you please tell me one thing that our government has built that's impressive? It's a government's built that's impressive since the moonshot. Couldn't answer. Now, maybe there is one. Maybe I'm missing one. Perhaps I am, right? But say I'm missing one. Okay. One in 60 years, and you want to give the government more money. One. In, maybe I missed two. Maybe he couldn't think on his feet. Maybe I don't know. Maybe you guys know some. I don't know. Okay, great. Two in 60 years. And we've given the government trillions of dollars to build this stuff. Why would I trust them? Why would I think they could do it right? Who's the idiot here? Who's the naive one here? It's me. I ask, what have they done since the moonshot? No answer. I ask again. No answer, but I'm the guy who's crazy. Just saying, I don't think I'm the guy who's crazy. It's my view. Um, the Russian Troll Network, thank you, my friend, for watching. He says, uh, this is amazing so far. Honest debate, both sides. Yes, absolutely. Trying my best to make things happen. Now then, Eric Gilson says, Larry, what's your stance on climate change and the environmental regulation? Because it seems you want to leave most of it uh, regulated up to the state. I never said that. He made that up because he believed it to be true. I never said that. So I said, not at all. I want actual victims to be compensated. I know, sounds crazy. And polluters to be punished. I know, sounds crazy. By piercing the corporate veil and stopping the EPA and the Superfund from protecting corporate officers. This means a true overhaul of the rules. It will take time. And I gave him my official policy. Check it out if you want to. What's his response? So your solution is to punish them after the fact that they damage the environment with decades, if not permanent repercussions, and compensate victims and overhaul the EPA who's protecting corporate officers. Then he says, I'm like, he says, I don't know how the EPA protects corporations when their entire job is to enforce law and regulations. See, this is the ignorance in his part. Here's how it actually works. Many of you don't know this, and, many, and they don't know it either. They think the EPA is protecting us. It is not. If it was protecting us, would we have so many horrible sites, particularly across my state, New York, that are not cleaned up? Would people still keep polluting? Would Flint, ex would the Flint ex thing happen if they were actually protecting? They're not. They're corporate enforcers. The EPA rules are written not by environmentalists. They're written by corporate lobbyists. And they're changed whenever they decide so, which is almost never. And that's the second problem. Let me give you two problems. That's one is regulations. And two is Superfund. What's supposed to happen is that people who are building things put a certain amount of money into the Superfund, a percentage. And a Superfund is supposed to pay for cleanups. Seems to make lots of sense. They all thought it was great. The problem is there's so many uh, problems with cleanups that the Superfund has no money in, has no money. So it can't clean these things up. That's why these sites stay as bad as they are. You say, well, why doesn't the, why doesn't the corporation pay for it? Well, because the EPA caps how much they're responsible for. They're responsible for X hundred dollars, whatever that million dollars, whatever it is, that's it. After that, they don't have to pay anymore. Now the super fund is supposed to pick up the rest. That's how it works. So they pay their X dollars using illegal fees. And now they're done. They walk away. I'm not joking. They walk away. The super fund has no money done. That's how it actually works right now. The EPA protects the company. My plan was instead, instead of that, my plan was that now the insurance has to pay for everything. There is no super fund. 
if there's a massive spill, an insurance company must pay for everything. And you might say, well, Larry, that's crazy. No one's going to insure those people. So nothing's going to get built? Of course they get built. What will they do? They'll create actual industry standards that will make them build it safely. Why? Again, because the, the, the goals are aligned. The, in, the, the insurance company wants to make money off of things being built and surviving, and they want you to keep paying your premiums. You want to keep your company from being destroyed. You don't want to have an environmental spill because you're going to wind up paying for it and have no insurance. So insurance companies going to try to stop you. But it's a second piece of that, and that is breaking the corporate veil. And the problem is, in most cases, it's the state who punishes these people. So the AG now has to put together a case against the company. Well, the AG is not to do that. He's, he's, it's not his thing. So what does he do? He attacks the company. You don't break the corporate veil. The individual who made the decision is never punished. Well, rarely, I should say never, never is an exaggeration. Rarely punished. So the corporation pays a fine. That's what happens. They pay a fine. And they always admit no wrongdoing. Why? Because they follow whatever stupid regulations were there. How can the regulations be working if every other corporation has to say we did, we had no wrongdoing and they can agree to that because they didn't, they didn't um, break any regulations? They're not working. It doesn't work. So I said, instead, let's create what's called an environmental victims unit. I'm not joking. An environmental victims unit. So unit in a state at a state level that their job is to be able to put a case together for the attorney general and say, here's the case. We know how to find actual victims. We know the law. We know how to deal with environmental issues, how to pierce the corporate veil and find out the actual individual individuals who made the crappy decision that, that hurt people and then punish them through the corporate veil. Their names come out. They're the ones who did it. They made the bad decision. They pay the price. Duh, justice. Will you do it only afterwards? Yes, that's what criminal justice is, isn't it? I don't punish the guy before he murders someone, do I? Brilliant, Eric. I don't want now. Now it's 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 minority report. And I'm gonna see what you might do and then punish you for that. But imagine if all of a sudden now the average guy or gal on a corporate board knows that if I make a terrible environmental decision, I might go to jail. Me. I don't get to hide behind my corporate veil anymore. It might change how I think. It might change what I do. Yeah. Is that perfect? Of course not. Is better than now? Without question. Without question better than now. Of course it is. And then real victims get some actual justice. Yeah. But it's another piece I didn't bring up. I mean, the regulations are written from 20, 30, 40 years ago. So you actually can't realistically clean up the place anymore. You have to get special rules to clean up. Why? Because the regulations are built so many years ago that the actual technology used to clean these places up doesn't exist anymore unless it's in like some, I don't know, some Central Asian former Soviet Republic or some Sub-Saharan African country or some Southeast Asian country that bought it from us 20 years ago. It doesn't exist anymore in our country. You have to go there, buy it, bring it back and clean up with that technology. You're not doing that. It's too expensive. It doesn't get done. So what happens? Broken environmental sites everywhere. That's because of the EPA. It doesn't work. But Eric doesn't know that. So he acts like he knows because he trusts government blindly. But he's wrong. If you think anything I said I've made up, do your homework, it's easy to find the data. If you want to go to my website, larsha.com, I talk about the EPA there too. I talk about the Environmental Victims Unit, unit there. I've been saying this for years. These guys don't know. They just don't get it. They don't understand. So yes, that's how it protects, Eric. That's how it protects them. That's what it actually does. So anyway, 
I, I have to keep going here. I apologize. I, I hope I'm being interesting for you. I, I hope this is a good look at how other people think. I hope it's it's an insight into what a, a lot of our youth think and an insight to what a lot of the people in the bread tube area kind of begin to think here or there. It's not 100% what they think, but it's kind of close, I guess. I hope it's closer. So um, let's see here. Um, let's see here. Uh, big uh, Vegan Fish says, he wasn't bad faith, but he never engaged with destiny. I never engaged. I answered every question. But it's fine. He just recited all of his university lectures. I have that many university lectures? Again, he just made this up um, to him without ever attempting to understand anything being thrown at him. Uh, Big and Fish literally just made this up. He's just like, you know what? I'm mad. I'll make stuff up. And that's what I deal with. When you run for office or you take in any of these positions, people just make stuff up. He just made that up. And that's common. And then, but there's, uh, Dave Ruda does say, no, he just gave detailed answers that Destiny and as many of his five segments he spent audience didn't comprehend. I talked a lot. I tried to, to give actual answers. And the Big and Fish says, not really. If it takes you 30 minutes to answer a simple question, you aren't very intelligent. So Larry, how do you fix a terrible institutional problem that's been around for decades? You have one minute. That's how broken Big and Fish is. Solve all our problems in one minute. Well, he could. He could. Because his answer is very easy. Socialism. It's magic. That's what he thinks. So he basically would just say magic. And he would solve all the problems because he would just say magic. So, yes. Um, then Mr. Cockroach, 70, says, Larry's history lessons are wild, molded students' positions. Nice. No, they're accurate. Just check them out. That's why he didn't say anything. Yes, he didn't say anything. Because I was correct. And none of you have shown me where I was wrong. I love that they go, it's wrong. How? Just, just, I, don't, I don't like it. I know you don't like it. I get it. But show me where I'm incorrect. You can't. None of them can. They've just made stuff up. So, yeah. And then MS says, he should really avoid talking about history and geopolitics. That's what he said. Anyone who uh, propagates the myth the U.S. was softer on Germany after World War II as opposed to what happened after World War I. So World War I was was what anyone who's done any homework knows we were way softer on Germany in World War II than we won World War One. Way softer. Way softer. World War One caused World War II. Literally. MS, if you had open up and cracked a book, you would know that's true. He goes, or oh, that Russia was somehow acting in self-defense, doesn't know what they're saying. Wasn't Russia invaded in World War II? Literally invaded. That's the definition of self-defense. Try to create buffer states after World War II. Literally self-defense. Creating buffer states so they don't be invaded again. That's kind of self-defense. Still thinking about that? That's kind of self-defense. I, I don't know what... MS, you are, you are embarrassing yourself. Why do you even say that? You you're embarrassing yourself. Then he says... Um, uh, he says, I was under the impression that at some point in the conversation, Sharp was denying the importance of military intervention to expand one's own economic influence. Uh, um, yeah, you don't have to fight in people's civil wars to have economic influence. Why would you think that? What? Okay, the, the ignorance of that is astounding. Doesn't Japan have economic influence? And what civil war are they fighting in right now? Doesn't China have significant? Economic influence and what civil war they've what are they intervening in right now militarily? No place. Who doesn't have it? Russia. And they're intervening. They don't. Yeah. 
I don't know what he's talking about. It's terrible. I mean, he's so wrong. It's embarrassing. He's so wrong. So anyway, here we, uh, I'll keep going because he just keeps, he, he puts himself, his foot so deep in his mouth. I think he's up to his knee. Um, let me keep going here if I can. Yeah, let's see. Uh, as similar intervention had already happened in World War I and had led to another war 20 years later, literally what you just said didn't happen. He argued the game changers were trade and investment. I didn't argue that at all. American money already financed Europe's reconstruction of World War I. Uh, I didn't argue anything. Okay, I'm not I'm gonna stop. He just he just made this stuff up, I guess. So I'll scratch that piece. Um, I don't know what, what he's saying. Um, as for Vietnam and Afghanistan. The reasons why the U.S. got entangled over there is that it never actually used the military might to its full extent. Oh, we didn't fight hard enough. See that? We didn't fight hard enough. We dropped more bombs in Vietnam than we dropped on Germany during World War II, but we didn't fight hard enough. At one point, we had half a million soldiers, sailors, and Marines in Vietnam. Half a million. We didn't fight hard enough. That's what it was. We didn't fight hard enough. I, I don't know what he's talking about. I mean, I don't know what he's talking about insanely bad this is what we're talking about just insanely insanely bad and then uh this guy says germany did bear most responsibility for world war one he just made that up plus most of europe was ravaged by the war while germany territory was impacted very little I, they took german like this okay i'm done moving on this ms you're you're you should stop talking you're literally an idiot sorry i don't mean to be mean but he just is completely wrong in everything he says anyway sorry um, then, then X Winston's laughing at me. He says, you want to cross the border to Germany? Cyber attack. Like, ha, ha, ha. Why is that a bad thing? Seriously. Why is it a bad thing? Imagine if the Russians were really starting to go on, on, on the offensive. They're not going to, but let's say they are. And they're going to move into Poland or Russia or, or I'm sorry, into Germany, whatever. They're going to do it. They're on their way. They're, tanks are coming. And we say, you make an attack. You do that. Cyber attack. I'm going to give you six Chernobyls in Russia. Recover from that. I'm going to shut down your electric grid so you can't even ship gas. I'm going to cripple your attack with a cyber attack so you can't attack Germany. And he thinks that's stupid. That's freaking brilliant. That's brilliant. Number one, it's a deterrent. You attack, you attack Germany, and I will shut down your electric grid with a massive cyber attack. We don't have that power now, but I talked to that. We should have that power. And they laughed at that. Cyber attack is stupid. That's how that's how ignorant they are. These are youngsters who think cyber attack is a bad idea. What a great, great deterrent. Move your tanks into Germany and I will cyber attack you and I will shut your entire grid down. Good luck. You're not gonna be able to attack at all and you're gonna have Chernobyl's all over the place. I wouldn't attack if I were you. Or what this guy wants, we'll send troops to fight the Russians in Germany because that's a way better answer than a cyber attack stopping it where it is now, or a cyber attack to make them so they can't fight well, so Germans can just beat them. That's a bad thing in his eyes. I'm the crazy one. I'm the crazy one. That's a bad thing in his eyes. Wow. Then William says, I feel like this man has never had a, a normal interaction with a doctor. I'm in my 50s. I've had plenty. I've had plenty of interactions with doctors. I feel like you don't know how our system works. This sounds, yet again, super privileged. I am surprised. This part did surprise me. The group of people who speak about privilege all the time. Man, are they privileged. I mean, wow, are they privileged. How many of you watching, how many of you listening have had a bad interaction with the doctor? 
didn't trust the doctor, felt bad, didn't understand why he's giving you test after test after test, or giving you prescription every single time you go there, another prescription, every single time, another prescription, or you show up with your with 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 Medicaid, Medicare insurance, your your appointments at three, you have to fill out all the forms all over again every single time. You have to photocopy everything every single time. They've forgotten your name. They don't care. How many of you have gone through that? I have. Of course. Many of you have. Or how about your appointment's at 3? They see you at 4.30. They walk in. How you doing, sir? Let me check this. Check that. They do this. They do that. Great, great. Okay, well, we're thinking this could be this. I think you want to schedule for you for a test. And it's uh, five minutes, maybe, maybe 10. And you're out. Why? The system is set up for that. The system is set up so that you're not the customer. The system is set up the insurance company or the government is the customer. That's how it works. That's not me making stuff up. That's the reality of too many Americans. But I guess I'm just arguing in bad faith again. But that's the reality to most Americans. And their answer, of course, is it's got to be single payer. That's the only answer. It's just got to be a single payer. Okay. But when you, if you see people have said it, when you do single payer, what happens? People talk about this. Oh, in Australia, we have, and if you want extra stuff, you get extra insurance. Yes, creating a two-tiered system, which is like what I said. If you just go single payer, you will create a two-tiered system, which we're moving towards now. We're moving towards a two-tiered system. The wealthy get what's called supplemental insurance in Europe, what we'll call whatever, rich people or Cadillac plan or whatever we'll call it here in America, but the wealthy get the doctors they want, and the people who are middle class or poor get whatever's around. That's already starting to happen. But I'm the bad guy who doesn't know any better. I'm the guy arguing in bad faith. All I can say is so many of them were very good, right? So many of them were very good to me and I appreciate those who were very good to me and were open. And I don't mean that agree with me, but were open and polite and nice. Those who were just trying to make me look bad, you just made yourself look bad. You really did. And what's awesome is later on, you're all going to be like, man, that guy was right. You're all going to be that way as you get older. Like, man, that guy was right. Absolutely. Now, Christopher Green gets mad saying, you know, it doesn't go to $20,000 to braid hair. Citation needed. And then uh, person one says, he explains what it is, right? You need 300, a 300-hour approved course of study and pass both the New York State written and practical examinations. You get a license to operate in New York State. Proof of successful schooling. You must have an affirm affirmation of New York State approved schooling selection and application by a school director, blah, blah, blah. That costs anywhere from ten dollars to $30,000. That's the price of that in New York State. 300 hours to braid hair. I'm not making that up. That's there. Citation needed. No, you're an idiot. That's how it works. That's humanity. That's why there are illegal people braiding hair throughout the entire state of New York because they can't afford it. So they spray hair anyway and make money. And you know what happens? Inspectors come and charge them and find them. And they can't afford it because they're broke. So they don't pay. Then they're in trouble and they pay more. That's what actually happens. Licensing is not here. Even Destiny said licensing is terrible. And this guy, Chris, was like, no, it can't cost that. Let's say I'm wrong and it's only 10. And in certain cases, it could be. It can be as high as 30. Depends on what school you go to, what accreditation you get. It could cost the 30. So it's 10. Is it any better? Say it's five. Is it any better? I picked 20 because it's about that. It's about 20. But it can be less, depends on where you go, and it can be more. That's his issue. This is my point. It's just the way to say he's bad. 
He's bad. Are you arguing that licensing is a good thing? I sure hope not, because it isn't. Licensing just hurts the poor. That's what it does. But I guess I'm just arguing in bad faith. I covered a bunch. Let me cover some of you guys. I, I'm sorry. I ranted for so long. Guys, thank you for allowing me to rant. I just wanted to get this stuff out. Um, let me grab a bunch of you. You guys have so many comments. I appreciate it. I'm going to grab some of these, 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 these comments if I can. But also, of course, as you always hear me do, guys, please follow me on, 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 on YouTube if you can, if you haven't already. And of course, head over to the Censorship and Free Speech Survey. Take that survey. Make my sponsors happy. Click that survey. Take it. Finish it. Say what you feel about free speech and censorship. Do that and then share it so that my sponsors are happy. Please do that. It would help me tremendously. Of course, if you like what I'm doing, if you think that what I'm bringing you has value, if you think that me going out there and touching these other areas has value, I don't see any other anyone else doing it the way I'm doing it. And if you like that and you want to support it, either take that survey, finish it, and share it so my sponsor are happy, or throw me some cash yourself. Head over to patreon.com slash sharpway. The link is right there. Click that, check it, send me some cash so I can keep doing this and try to have better and better quality to the best of my ability if you guys throw that. And no matter what, like, comment, share. That's always going to be a positive thing. All right. Let me see if I can grab some of these if I can. Um, let's see here. Um, M says, are you running for government in 2022? Maybe. Uh, again, I will I will make a decision uh, coming up here in uh, July or August this summer. I'll make a decision. Absolutely. So John says, libertarians got Biden elected. Way to go. Ah, uh, man, John, I wish that was true. I mean, like, I wish we had that much power. We don't. We got our asses kicked last year. I, I wish we had that amount of power. That'd be awesome. I wish we could fight about that, but that's a fantasy. That's not what happened at all. I I, I wish we had that kind of power. We don't. Um, Jay says, yay, Larry, slap that fool ass down. I appreciate it. Um, I, I appreciate it. But I just want to make sure that I want you to see it too, Jay. I want you to see it too. Brandon says, I love Sharp. Thank you, my friend. I love you too. Jay says, so these are white libtards showing their real faces. I'm not going to go there, but they did see pretty privileged to me and they're pointing at privilege and they seem pretty privileged. That's just me. So yeah, the system works the corrupt left. I think it works for anyone who is, is, is corrupt elite, right? I think it works for anyone who's corrupt elite. If you're, if you're elite, it does work for you. But if, if you're not, if you're not elite, it doesn't work for you. Um, Ed says that I tell you about me being deemed racist in a comment section of Oneonta's New York Daily Star Facebook. Just because I mentioned that black communities don't always require our white net assistance to fix their issues. Wow, I didn't know that, Ed. That's terrible because you're right. And this, by the way, goes for anybody, right? I, it's common that we use the black and white dynamic. Of course, it's common because it's happening now in our country culturally. But the reality of it is people should only come in and save you if you ask to be saved, right? If Ed, if you say, dude, I'm in trouble, Larry. I can't handle this. I'm in trouble. Larry, can you help me out? You're asking for my help and then I should come help you because you've asked me because you think you're in trouble or something you can't handle or you're in a bad spot. We all get in bad spots. We all wind up being in trouble sometime and maybe you're in that spot and you ask for my help. Okay, I come. But if you're not asking me for my help, who the hell am I to start telling you what's right and what's wrong? Who am I to, to help you? You ask for help. Awesome. You don't. I give my opinion. That's fine. Hey, I think this and I could then turn away and you can take my opinion or not. That's fine. But I think that's for everybody. But I think we look at it as we have to fix the white community has to fix the black community. Not required. Not required. Unless people are asking, then please, of course. Yes. So 
Sam says the irony is colleges give naming rights for high high end donors, and that system works. No shit, Sam. You're right. The university owns the building and manages it, and has led to exactly zero deaths. Yeah, exactly. But I'm the nutty one. Absolutely, hundred percent. Yes. Um, Jeanette says arrogance kills conversation and understanding. Yeah. Yes, I find love to be dismissive. Not always, but very often. It's true. Not always. Not always. But. And the right isn't always you know, mad at me and, and righteous. That's not true either. But if I have to pick what often happens when the left or right are mad at me, and the right isn't always mad at me, the left isn't always mad at me. But when they are, it's very common that those are the two things that I get. Very common. Yes. Jeff says, someone on the left is accusing others of using rhetoric. Well done, Jeff. Well done. Yes. Barbara says, they love to make up their own narrative and assume people will just believe it. Very unpredictive and way too much. Who? I'm not sure what the who is. But yes, it is way too much. Probably you're right. The, the problem is when you're around the same types of people constantly, and this goes for left or right, you sort of think that that's just the way it is, right? Oh, because we all think that way, don't we? Maybe we don't. Yeah. We cannot just yell and scream and the extra pressure coming from the 14 days, which expanded to a year plus, has only amplified the divide. 100%, Jeanette. It has made it worse. It has. The Elastic Giraffe, nothing more with rhetoric as long as it's used to convince people of the truth. Yes. Rhetoric without substance is sophistry. Very true. Absolutely. So, Jay. Oh, Jay, you are not liking the left. I can tell you. I'm not mad at the left. I mean, they were good to me. They, they talked to me. Most of them were very good to me. So I'm not mad. I just want to show some of the people who are trying to hurt the others, right? The, the reason why I went through this more than anything else is most of those negative comments weren't on their own. The negative comments came out under someone saying something positive. And I guess I should have been clearer on that. That was the biggest issue. Whereas, oh, this lot of shop guy's not so bad. Wasn't even, I love this guy. He's right. Wasn't that. It was, this Larry Sharp guy is not an evil libertarian. What? Got to fight. Got to make sure you believe he's evil. Because if you don't believe he's evil, you might start believing him. You might. Jay says, there's no convincing them, only separation. Communism. I'm not going to go any further. Um, Jay, I understand. I understand your frustration. That's what I'll say. Um, you're right. They sold from Trump anyway, show up for Congress. Funny, John. That's actually funny. I like that. That's good. Uh, let's see. Jimmy says, this is the main problem with trying to bring those on the left over. They want facts. When you present them, they turn and run or just dismiss them. I don't think they turn and run. I think they just miss them. That is the thing. You will often find them just dismiss it. They just walk away. They just, eh, whatever. You don't know any better, Jimmy. You're not smart like me. You don't have a degree like me. You don't have the knowledge I have because I'm super smart. Look, Jimmy, I'm 21 and I went to college. So clearly I'm smarter than you. And that's how many of them think, sadly. Um, but the other thing that I realized though is, do you, do they spend so much time debating and talking to people like them that when someone who isn't like them, like me, who is much older, um, done more things in general, lived a lot of the stuff they're talking about, does it make them not know what they're doing? Do they begin to collapse? And I felt like they were attacking because they just couldn't handle me not being another 22-year-old or 30-year-old going, I don't know, libertarianism is about killing people, whatever they think libertarians say. I don't know. I don't know libertarians who say libertarians about killing people, but they seem to think so. 
So, yes. Um, Peter says, Jeremy is talking like socialism is the way. Yeah, Rocco, he is. That's right. Yes, absolutely. He's thinking exactly that. 100%. So, Shadow says, Larry's monetizing his haters. I don't, I don't, I wish I was monetizing. I, I don't have enough viewers yet to be monetizing. You guys got to like, share, and comment more so I can monetize. So, I'm not there yet. I can't wait till I can. That'd be awesome. Larry, I probably could have explained a word better, but I'm convinced it doesn't matter what I say on the issue because of my color. Racist by default. Um, it's, it's, it's a valid point. I don't think that's necessarily true. I think there is a way that you could. And if it's something you're not going to do often, Ed, to be forward, I wouldn't bother trying. But if you think it's something that you want to try to get better at or you want to engage this better, if, if, if it's something that's, you know, a, a, a little mission you have for yourself, if you think that is, then I would try to keep doing it, right? I'm going to the left and it's hard for me sometimes, but I want to get better at it. I want to be able to, to have, to communicate better with them and to bring more of them over. I do, there's no doubt I want to do that. So I keep doing this so that I can get better at it and make it to a point where they could understand me and hear me. So I guess that if it's just something you were doing cool, I wouldn't worry about it. But if you, if it's a little mission for you to kind of, all right, I'm going to make this thing work, I would try again. I think there is a way for you to explain it or word it in, in a way that would convince some people, not some of them, it doesn't matter what you do. I think Jay has a point. For some of them, it's irrelevant. You are evil by default. But I believe in my heart, there are people who would be like, oh, oh, that's what he meant. I think you could do it. Again, do you think it's worth it? If it's your thing, go on, brother. If not, what are you gonna do? You move on. Joey says, speaking the truth, Larry. Yep, I get beat up all the time. As you, I get insulted constantly. My wife gets mad sometimes. She's like, yeah, calling you names and stuff. I'm like, I know it's what I do. Let's get yelled at. That's how it works. Yes. So then says the toll scam going on right now is an embarrassment. See, that's the point, right? There, there was one, one guy, I didn't bring up his. He was talking about how the money is made through the tolling. So much more money is made through tolling. Why would you want to, you know, get, you know, whatever, $10 million for a bridge when you can get $30 million from tolls? That's what he actually said. And my answer is, because that $30 million isn't from the people and their taxes and the, and the working poor. That's the reason. The $30 million is instead from some company that was going to pay it for advertising anyway. That's the reason. Because I'd rather not tax my citizenry. That's why. I'd rather not have the working poor who crossed the bridges pay for that thing. That's the reason why. If I could get a large organization to pay for it for free for us, for the taxpayer free. Not for them, obviously. But doesn't matter. It's part of the marketing budget. So I shift their marketing budget to something else. Not a bad deal. I agree with you completely. Yes. Bernard says, it seems like they're living in an echo chamber. This is the end result. Yeah. Yes. Look, libertarians have a similar problem, Bernard. We share this. This is not only them. Many of us have the same issue. If you notice on this show, I rarely have libertarians on the show. I usually have somebody else on the show and I show other people because I want all of us to be out of our echo chamber and to be seeing the rest of the world and to seeing what these people are thinking and where they stand and realizing that we have told ourselves as liberty loving people a lie. And the lie is everybody wants liberty. No, not everybody does. We have work to do, lots of work. Not just me, you too, Bernard, you too, Ed. We all got work to do. We got work to do. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> David says, if we have private parking lots, there'll be no free parking. 
<laughs> That's good. Wrong for all the same reasons. Businesses and neighborhoods with without toll roads who eat the cost will outcompete ones that do not. It, you see it all the time, right? You see it when, and you see it in downtowns constantly, David. They have a downtown and they all of a sudden create a bunch of metered parking where everyone has to pay parking. And people go to Walmart with their massive open free parking, right? Walmart is a private parking lot, free. Yeah, malls, which we no one goes to anymore, but malls, free parking, private, 100%. So yeah, you're completely right. The, the data is in on that one too. We don't, I don't need citing for that. The data's in, absolutely. So um, kind of odd people are woke nowadays talking about white privilege, but when white privilege owned slaves, there was no such thing as white privilege. White privilege is not real guilt. Not sure where you went with that one, Brandon. Talking about white privilege, but when white privilege people owned slaves, there was no such thing as white privilege. Not real guilt. Um, not sure where that one's going. Sorry, I don't know where that one's going. Um, okay, I have to keep moving. Um, Christine says, my mom gave me economics in one lesson when I was 16. I, I get my first job. I remember my first bank account. I think I was 15, 16, 16, my first bank account. I was 16, my first bank account. And it was actually on Long Island in Suffolk County. I was in high school. I had a job in high school. Um, I had a job. I don't know if they still do it now. I mean, this is, this is the 80s, early 80s. This is the early 80s. And I had a job. I had to go to a beer distribution center. And all the uh, returns would come back into the distribution center. All the beer bottles would come back. The green, brown, or white beer bottles or clear beer bottles would come back. And I literally take them and sort them all out and make sure they were all the same color and put them on a big pallet and then wrap them with the plastic wrap, the big plastic wrap, so the guy with the forklift can come by and take it out. Did that for eight hours a day when I could. Every time I could get make money, I would do that. <laughs> My first job. But yes, uh, opened a bank account when I was 16 and began to realize, oh, so taxes getting taken out, try to save some money. And back then, I, I tell the story often. Um, this is back way before the, the the change in banking, and my savings and loan gave me a gift for opening up a, a savings account. They gave me an electric can opener. It's a true story. I get brought home to my mom. I was all proud of myself. I was giving my mom a gift. Say, look, I opened up a bank account. Mom, they gave me a they gave me an electric can opener, and I gave her a can, and we actually used it. So yes, good story. Uh, let's see. But Tariq can do the same thing after making a profit from the community. The company shut out. Yes. Oh, valid point, right? The the as the community shuts down, Target makes money all the time. Very true. Yes. Try explaining payroll taxes those on the left. It's mind blowing. Yeah, hundred percent. Yes. But but we but libertarians know nothing about economics, though, right, Jimmy? We know nothing about economics. Um, Sam says ideologues attack straw men. This is because businesses only hired A students, which led to everyone getting A's. So everyone knows everything. So when they don't know, they invent a straw man. Oh, I like that. So good. When you don't know, you just invent a straw man. There we go. There we go. Jay says, at some point, there's no purpose in arguing with fools. Somebody once said, it's a loser's bet because they will drag you down and beat you with experience. Ooh, I like that. Um, but if you notice, I tend to not get dragged into arguments I'm not ready to argue with. And I tend, I go out of my way to not it be an argument. Like I don't classify any of these as debates. I always call them discussions. They call them debates. They put verses and stuff. I don't do any of that stuff. I'm like, I'm just talking. Because to be forward, I don't care if I lose a debate. It's true, I don't. Larry, they're gonna insult you, make you look bad. Okay, I don't care. What I know is if I show myself as who I am in every discussion I have, I guarantee you, 
I will turn people. Done it for years. Since 2016, I've been doing it and I keep doing it. I show people who I am. Some don't care and ideologues, like Sam said, and come up with a with straw man and attack me. Some do that. There's always a chunk that go, huh, a sharp guy. Okay. That's what I get. So I lose. I'll lose. I don't care. I'll lose that battle every day of the week. Give me opportunity to get in front of those people. I will turn some. I will bring them towards our side because here's what I'm sure of. Here's what I'm sure of. Whether I'm right or wrong, I'm 100% sure. I have the moral high ground. I'm 100% sure because I always say the same thing. No force, no new taxes. No force, no new taxes. I have the moral high ground, even if my idea is wrong. And if you and I get in the same page and we move towards that idea, let's make stuff better for everybody. Poor, rich, middle, everybody gets better. And no force, no new taxes. I'm winning. That's what I want. That is what I want. So, yes. All right, here. Um, Tom says, I think someone else goes, oh, like 10 years ago when the bridges in New York City would destroy your front axle. Yes. Oh, your semi-tractor trailer. Yes, absolutely. You're exactly right. Thomas, yes. Thomas, good seeing you, man. Glad you're on. Awesome. Yes, absolutely. 100%. You're right. And then who gets, who, who, who gets, who pays for that? Well, if you're a large company, the large company does. But if you're an operator, that's you. That's you. Absolutely. So, um, Jeanette says, government is too costly. The end. Also true. Yes. Also true. Uh, Jay Payne says, government schools don't teach critical thinking anymore. They teach kids to absorb and then regurgitate facts in quotation marks. Jay, I wish you were wrong, but you are correct. I wish, and I tell my kids, I have two kids, and I tell my kids all the time. I'd like you to do well on tests. I would, but I actually don't care if you don't. Like, why? I said, because once you leave schooling, tests are irrelevant. Tests don't matter anymore. Once you leave schooling, who cares? I pass a test. So can you get stuff done in your life to make things better? And whether that's in business, personal life, romance, family, can you get things done to make life better? If you can't, you're failing. If you can, you're winning. The reality of it is we, can, we often do both. I hope you're doing more of the making things better and less of the failing. You'll be okay. And that's the number one thing. And to do that, you got to be able to do two things. One, have some long-term thinking. And two, know how to think. The last piece everybody needs, resilience. Because we're all going to fall down. And when you fall down, you get back up and you hope the system is lenient. You'll hear me say this often. We should be very hard on systems and relatively easy on the individuals. If we have a better and better system, we will have better outcomes. We absolutely will. If we're more lenient on the people, doesn't mean we let them go. But when I mean lenient, meaning giving people a second chance after they screw up. We should make people pay for their errors. Of course, of course. It shouldn't be forever. Unless you've done something that, you know, you mass murder or something, obviously, separate issue. I'm talking normal people falling down, making mistakes. You pay for your mistake. And are you done paying for it? Second chance at life. Get your second chance. We should be lenient, giving people a second chance once they paid their debt, whatever that is. I completely agree. So yes. All right, let's see if I can keep doing this. Um, Sandra says, the one child policy was implemented knowing the male would be first choice as a way to build the world's largest standing army. They were right. Ooh, Sandra, I like that. 
Interesting way of thinking, look at things. It did work, didn't it? But I wonder if now if they look back, right, Sandra? And, and this is an open question. I just don't know the answer to this. Looking back, are the Chinese leadership, is the Chinese leadership, the elites, are they happy about that now? I don't know, right? I'm sure there's part of them going, great, we have a big army with lots of people in it. It's positive to that, but it's also expensive. And are they fighting anymore, right? Is there really a... Is there really a military threat to China that's a ground war anymore? I'm not sure that's true. You go back 30, 40 years, there was something to believe. And maybe the Russians wouldn't have made, maybe America wouldn't have made, maybe. Now, I'm not sure there's realistically a ground, um, a ground threat for them anymore. They may be regretting it now. I don't know. I don't know. But it's, it's, a, it's a definitely a good point. Sam says, I feel bad for, for the kids. I was a former progressive and a public school teacher. I can hear the propaganda that we teach in public schools in their words. Yeah, I see it with my daughters. I see my, my daughters come home sometimes and just, they're like, what? What? Dad, you know what I learned today? I'm like, no, you didn't. Yeah, like, please unprogram me. Got you. Let me unprogram you now. I, I hear it all the time. Yes. Um, last year, rap says, libertarians can learn a lot from Larry. Oh, thank you. He knows how to speak to the concerns of the economic left without ANCAP volunteers and conservatarians feeling the urge to jump all over him. <laughs> That's true. Some do, though. Some do, right? But here's the issue, and, and I hope it comes, I hope it comes across effectively. I do want to move towards a totally voluntary society. I just understand where we are right now. And I hope looking at this, I just showed you, lets a lot of people realize man, we have a lot of work to do. And we do. We're, we're nowhere near there. Can we, is that you hear me say, can we turn the ship towards? Yes, we can. Absolutely, we can turn that ship in the right direction. And that's always been my goal. From 2016, my goal is turn the ship in the right direction. We are marching right towards oligarchy and dictatorship. And part of oligarchy, we already, we're already in the oligarchy country. We're marching right towards dictatorship. We're marching towards it. Turn us around. Head towards freedom. Let's do that. Let's head that way. And then we can fight on where to stop or how to get there. If if we're marching in that direction, I'm good. In fact, you know what? I'll step aside. I'll step aside. If I could turn the country and face that way, I'll let someone else take over. Sam, you in charge now. I'm out. You can take it over, Sam. You can run it the rest of the way. You can decide how far we go. I'm out. I've done my bit. I'm happy to make that happen. Um, I'm trying to let people know that I just want to turn it around. And I respect all of the flavors of libertarian, if that makes any sense. I, 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 all of them, absolutely. So, all right. So, if I can keep going here, um, grab some more. Um, Boda says, "Oh, he's talking to, talking to um, someone else." I apologize, that guys. I do apologize that. Are these conservatives? Uh, it's funny you say that. Some of the things. Wow, Jonathan, that is insanely insightful. Um, really good. The idea of, of how some of them act, you would think so, wouldn't you? Some of them do act that way. You would think so. Because, you know, righteous conservatism, you think about that. You think about a conservative I'm a righteous conservative. It's you think about, right? And then these guys who, who, if you ask them, would say they hate conservatives are being the stereotype that they've made of conservatives, right? They've made that a stereotype. All conservatives are righteous people who are yelling and screaming, do stuff, right? That's what they've, that's the stereotype they've created of conservatives. And then they become that. It's a very valid point. Very insightful. I love that. 
Um, bad orange man talked to, to Kim Jong crazy guy. The opposition demonized him for it. Look at Mr. Kim again, already acting up. Ed, perfect example. And you guys who were paying attention, remember, I praised Trump for that. I did. I disagree with Trump too. I hate his tariffs. I hate his tariffs. And people disagree to get mad at me for that. I hate Trump tariffs. Can't stand it. Should end all of them. Hate them. I hate Biden's tariffs too. And all the, I hate all the tariffs to include Trump's tariffs. I hate them all. However, there's a big however here. Him going to, to North Korea, well done. I wish he had finished it. I wish he had finished it. I'm going to tell you my opinion on this. And I don't have data on this. This is just my opinion. And I could be totally wrong. I think Trump had a similar problem in his first year that Obama had, which is not understanding how difficult it was to, to kind of control the reins of government. If you see effective presidents, very often they've been governors. Whether you like Clinton or like Bush, both of them got a decent agenda than their first term. Why? They had been governors before. They knew how to do legislature. They knew how things work. They knew what to do. And they were effective in getting their agenda done in the first term. They were good at that. But Obama and Trump both struggled in their first term. Neither were governors. They didn't know how this system worked. And I think Trump's foreign policy didn't get off the ground until too late. If he had started this early on, his Middle East policy, all that stuff, I think he could have had, have had a lot more success in foreign policy if he had actually done things the way it was supposed to be. I had known this when he first walked in. I think, got off, I think it got off the ground far too late and he couldn't wrap it up the way he should have. Just my view. I don't know that to be true. I feel that to be true. We'll see if it is. I'm sure they'll stuff will come out later. We'll see what happens. So that's my view. Thank you for that, by the way. Um, Chris says, I've met plenty of progressives that are pro-war, pro-military, and pro-intervention. And Chris, they shouldn't be, right? They shouldn't be. The left should be, clearly they're not, the left should be anti-war, right? The left should be anti-war. They're so not. I mean, Biden's bombing Syria, what, two weeks into the presidency. What's going on here? The left should be against it. And if they were, I'd be more on their side on this one. They got mad at me when I'm saying, I don't want to send my sons and daughters to die in Ukraine. Larry, you're bad. I thought you're a lefty. You're supposed to be on my side on this one. I, I don't know. Yes. Running Bear says, instead of worrying about war with other countries, can we fix the war going within? Running Bear. Yes. Yes. The war on drugs has destroyed more lives than all of our wars combined. Yep. Will the war on drugs ever end? No, not with the, no, no, not at all. Yes, 100%. So Jonathan says, who know blow shit up is a good foreign policy. It's only gotten us ISIS, 5,000 soldiers, 32,000 physically and mostly maimed, and countless innocent lives. Jonathan, yes, correct. We could not do that. Yes, we could just not do that. I agree completely. Yes. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, Paula says, you hit the nerves of the chicken hawks. I think I did. I think you're right on that one, Paula. I did. I was trying not to, but I think I did. Yes. So, liquor licensing is essentially prohibition light. Yes, Jonathan, you're right. Exactly. It, it's, not, it, it's not because kids are you know, too young to drink or whatever. That's not the issue. That's what they say. It's utterly not true. 100%. Gene says, the liquor license is also revenue for the government, isn't it? Yes, it's a money grab. It's another money grab. Every year, thousands of dollars just to be able to sell liquor. Absolutely. Yes, 
100%. So, um, Kyle Watson, listen how Trump or Biden talks. We do X and it'll be great. And then America will win and we'll start winning if we do it. It's true. Yes. So, Jimmy says, Bud Budweiser does distrib distribute some craft beers like Goose Island and Space Dust. I know my boycott list. That's very good. I like that, Jimmy. Yes. No, I, I think that's correct. They do own some and distribute some. But his was, they all own them all anyway, which is completely not true. It's not even, It's just not true. It's not true at all. So, yes. Um, Chris says, what do you think of the ratio of positive to negative comments was? Um, you know what? I could check. I'm actually unsure, but I could check. Let me see. I don't actually know what it was. Um, wow. Very good. Um, 2,000 positive, 56 negative, and over 90,000 views. So I think I'm winning. I was, I was winning. 2,000 positive, 56 negative, in 90,000 views. That's a good ratio. I'm happy with that one. Yes, I do like that one. That's good. So Buddha says, Larry is so mature. It's called old. I like mature, though. Thank you. <laughs> yes, I do like that. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yes. Uh, let's see here if I can grab a couple more of these. Um, yeah, uh, yes, I do miss Jimmy Carter too as president. I felt he wanted to leave foreign wars. I heart JFK was going to pull troops out of Vietnam too before he died. You know, I'm not, I look, I'm not trying to take a dump on JFK at all, but I mean, Vietnam's a lot his fault. I mean, a lot just being forward. It's a lot his fault. Don't get me wrong. Johnson doubled, tripled down and should have never doubled and tripled down. Of course not. Vietnam's a lot his fault. Jimmy Carter was what, and most people who know of Jimmy Carter or who, who remember him at all will say the same thing I'm going to say. He's a good man. He's a good person. I wish he was my grandpa. Wasn't a good president. He was an ineffective president. He wasn't a good president. Uh, he made some serious mistakes, particularly in Iran. He made, bun he, he bungled a lot up, but I never want to attack him for being a, I wish he was my grandfather. He's, he's a, he's a good guy. That's just true. He's a good guy. Just wasn't a good president. I don't know. I don't know how else to say it. I just think it's true. He was a good guy. He's not a good president. That's it. So, all right. Um, see if I can grab this. Um, uh, that sounds great, but something not true. America hasn't been winning. We've been losing. Yes, we have been. Absolutely. Yes, we have been losing. That's very true. The looks on Destiny's face, Brian says, at the end showed me that he that you were getting through to him. He seemed to be rethinking at least some of his positions. I, I think a lot of people were, right? They were. They were They were rethinking it. Um, I was surprised when I went down the foreign policy war side. I was, and I shouldn't have been, right? If I looked, if I, if I, my age came out in that tremendously, it came out. Um, and what I mean by that is I... I assumed that I always thought of the left as being anti-war. I always, because when I grew up, that's what they were. The left was anti-war when I grew up. Viet, they hated Vietnam, hated all, I mean, they hated, the, the left hated war. So I always thought the left was anti-war. And then even, you know, during Iraq, a lot of the left was like, don't invade Iraq. I still remember that stuff. So in my head, the left is anti-war in my head. I'm wrong, Brian. I'm, my age came out. That was incorrect of me. But I just still assumed it. So I thought, I'm talking to the left, I'll go down the anti-war thing. They'll be like, yay, Larry, yeah, anti-war. Man, was I wrong. They were like, what? You don't want to bomb people? You don't want to invade countries? So that part they were mad at. They were like, how can you not 
want to bomb people. I, that surprised me, Brian. I really thought that they would be on my side on that one. Clearly, I was incorrect. So, yes. Uh, Maynard says, JFK got us into Nam. Yeah, that's my point, right? Yes. Um, agreed. Uh, he has to take he, he has to he has to take that. He, yes. And Maynard also says, I agree, Jimmy Carter is a great man, but an incompetent president. Yes. He might have done all right in a utopia world at peace. We had zero conflicts. I think that's that's a very good way of saying it, Maynard. I agree with that. Yes. Yes. Um, Lassie Rapp says, the left-wing anti-woman went packed up and went home as soon as Obama was inaugurated. You know what, Lassie Rapp? I think you're right. That That is that is the time period, isn't it? Because Obama was all about bombing people. He, he bombed more than Bush did. He bombed more than Bush. Obama was all about bombing people. He was all about it. So, yeah, he bombed more than Trump. Trump bombed too, but Obama bombed far more than Trump did. Um, yeah, and got a Nobel Peace Prize. Obama got a peace prize for bombing nine countries. I mean, that's impressive. I mean, you got to give Obama that. That's impressive. That really is impressive. So I know very few people who could have pulled that one off. I'm going to bomb nine countries and get a peace prize. Obama, well done. But I, I think that was a turning point. I would agree with you. because, and, and you know what? I should accept that as true. I should accept that as true. Like you always say, Larry, they're a very loud minority. It's true. They are. Yes. Chris says, to be fair, the progressives I know, they are more along the lines of good offense is a good defense. If we stop fighting, we are somehow weak and we attacked. And, th and that was supposed to be the right, wasn't it, Chris? Wasn't that supposed to be the right? The right was supposed to be that. you got to get them so they don't get us. I feel like now the right's less warmongery than the left is. It's like swapped. Absolutely. Totally, totally swapped. Yeah, totally swapped. So Paula says Obama was a pretty good neocon. That's true. Yes. Uh, Thomas says Obama's his own king. Bomb, he was the bomber in chief. No question. Absolutely. Yes. Um, Larry, you are winning. Took my then 14-year-old civil libertarian event in Jersey in 2017. You were the speaker. He's about to turn 18 in the fan of yours. Oh, I'm so oh, yes. I love when the youngins uh, are coming aboard. I do love it. I do love it. Yes. So good. So good. Yes. Brian says, I got my first bank account when I finished third grade. You were not playing games, Brian. Third grade. Man, you make me feel like I messed up. I thought I was good at 15, 16. You got me. Okay. Ostensibly to keep me using addition and subtraction, reconcile my bank statements. The side effect of teaching me how to save. You know, Brian, you've just made me think I need to give my kids an account. Thank you for your savvy parenting skills. I am literally going to talk to my wife about this this weekend. Let me give my kids, both of them, uh, an account doing something. That's a very smart, savvy move. You've made this worthy for me, Brian. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. I'm going to actually do that. That's very good. Yes. So um, uh, Ed said, it's really hard for me to talk to these people. Yeah, but. You know, up to you, my friend. Up to you. Frank says, those who don't know history are doomed to repeat it. Winston Churchill. And they don't. But the worst part is, Frank, they really think they do. Like, they really think they do. That is the hardest part. I actually don't mind people being ignorant. I'm often ignorant, too. And you will hear me say, I'm not sure. That might not be right. Guys, help me out. People can be ignorant to all types of things. There's simply too much knowledge to possibly know. Absolutely. The issue is 
Do I demand that I'm correct? And Frank, you don't know nothing. I know everything about this thing that I know nothing about. That's the problem, right? If you don't know history, instead of acting like you do, say, I don't know. Hey, Frank, you know something about this? Teach me a thing or two. Teach me some. I don't understand this. That's the smart move, right? That's the smart move. That's what I didn't see. And that's why I was kind of bothered because I didn't see that. And that's what I wanted to say. I wanted him to go, wow, this guy might know something. Let me, let me listen. No, there were a lot of them who weren't that way. Keith says, you did good without swearing a bunch. Don't worry, though. I compensated for you. Thank you, Keith. You, you, you kept up my uh, my swear. I appreciate that. Yes, I, I absolutely appreciate it. Yes. Kyle uh, says, new t-shirt, citation needed. No, you're an idiot. I, <laughs> Team, you're watching. Kyle is correct. You guys are giving me good stuff. Brian gave me some parenting advice. Kyle gave me swag advice. Nice. Merch advice. Um, yes. Citation needed. No, you're an idiot. Uh, I love that. I, 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 perfect. Yes. Um, uh, the high school class of 86 says, blame the public schools for the comments you are reading, Larry. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Yes. I love that. So Kyle says, I don't trust doctors. So I put myself in that, I don't put myself in that position. That's true. Yes. All right. Um, Larry, you're onto something here. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I think I absolutely are. So guys, I, I do want to, if I can, I want to say thank you for all the stuff you gave me. I do appreciate all that stuff. Nathan says, I think that judging by some of the positive comments in debates, live chat, let it extraordinarily well. Thank you. Since generally debate bro stream chats are almost exclusively insults and memes. Yeah, I think that's true. So I am happy with all the stuff you guys gave me. I appreciate this tremendously. Um, All the things that you're you're doing here. I do appreciate that. Uh, Tom says, Obama's only Nobel Peace Prize winner to bomb another Nobel Peace Prize winner. Is that real? Tom, is that is that true? I, I got to give him even more props. I didn't even realize that. I'd see even more props. From, no, from one Nobel Peace Prize winner to another, here's a bomb. Terrible. Oh, my God. That's terrible. Guys, I did two hours, a lot of time. I hope it was enjoyable and fun. Please like, comment, share. I say it all the time. Please do so. Take that censorship and free speech survey. It does matter keeping my sponsors happy. And of course, if you like what I'm doing and you want me to keep doing it, I want to keep doing it. Help me out so I can do it better, faster, stronger with more people. And of course, look, we've got TikTok. You click on the on the link here. You see our link tree. We've got podcasts up and you just listen to this just in a podcast now. Those are up now. We didn't have those before. All right, we've got Instagram going. We got lots of stuff going on. We have a new Sharpway Clips, which is just clips. If you want to send clips to your friends or something, Sharpway Clips is a new YouTube page. It's all there. It's because you guys are supporting me. So please keep supporting me. Either take that survey, finish it, send it and share it, keep my sponsors happy, or throw me some cash, patreon.com slash Sharpway, 10 bucks, 25 bucks a month. It's what helps keeping this go. helps keep this going. And I can't say it enough. Like, comment, share, and lastly, subscribe to my Sharpway YouTube channel. It does matter. I might get canceled. You guys got to help me out. Guys, have a great night. I will see you all tomorrow.